Welcome to the Grow Through International Expansion podcast. I'm Oliver Dowson. Let me be your guide as to how businesses, all kinds of businesses, small and large, can grow, solve their business problems, increase their profits, and grow their value. In these podcasts, we talk to all sorts of interesting people that bring their skills, experience, and insights to all aspects of international expansion. I hope you like these podcasts. If you do, subscribe and keep listening every week. We love comments too. And do share and tell others and check out our resources on our growinternational.org website. For decades, Australia has been the migration destination of choice for so many people. If you're doubtful as to why, you only have to visit to understand. I've often described it as what the UK ought to be like with added space and, of course, sunshine. Nowadays, though, skilled migrants go there from all over the world. Today, I'm delighted to be talking to Chris Carman. He's a specialist in helping people emigrate to Australia and companies transfer staff there. In doing that over the last decade, he and his team, looking beyond Australasia, have also developed services and software that help companies successfully circumnavigate the complex world of employing overseas workers and expanding their business operations in all countries of the world. Chris tells me that in his spare time, he loves boxing. He says it forces him to think quickly, react appropriately and stay ahead of the game, all critical skills for business. I came out of our conversation unbruised, but much better informed. Before my conversation with Chris, let me remind you that you can find not only the transcript, but a lot of other useful information and links on the growinternational.org website, where you can also find all our other podcasts, videos, and articles. And now, over to my conversation with Chris Carman. I'm with uh, Chris Carman, who labels himself as a migration specialist in Australasia, and he's with Global Mobility Hub. So, Chris, tell me what... Tell me about migration with Australia or whatever it is you actually do. Yeah, thanks very much. Um, I've been working as a registered migration agent now for 13 years. Uh, I was the founder of the business uh, back in 2005. Uh, As an organisation, we've grown year on year organically and over time moved into other jurisdictions uh, such as the UK, New Zealand, Singapore and now China. Uh, So we assist businesses uh, to expand into those locations um, we provide them support not only from an immigration perspective, but through our group of business entities, uh, payroll support and assistance, HR, employment support, uh, and also as well contingent workforce and recruitment services. So it's not just about um, people migrating to Australia and New Zealand? No, no. It's, um, it, we still assist individuals um, that want to move into those locations independently um, or businesses that are suffering from a skill shortage in a, a geographical location or an industry uh, that need to import skilled foreign workers. But we, we also have the um, uh, other service lines to pretty much support an end-to-end uh, solution um, for global businesses. Uh, to manage their personnel in country and over the past 12 months we've been developing uh, software uh, and technology uh, to really drive the efficiencies within businesses um, globally not just nationally uh, so that you uh, can have a full scope to be able to visualize and see um, uh, the major functions of HR and payroll for your global workforce Um, and we've created dashboards 
uh, so that we can uh, bring together technology, as it were, for all of the service lines. So you, you will find that um, when you go out to market, there's a lot of software that's out there for each of the individual uh, service lines, such as HR and immigration, um, payroll. Um, but there's not too many platforms that bring everything together and that's what we're trying to uh, achieve uh, with the technology that we, we are uh, developing. That sounds really interesting, but how would businesses use your software? Is it, a, is it software as a service that's provided by you or is it that's software that people would, would use for themselves? Yeah, it's software as a service. So it's okay. to manage the compliance requirements for global business. Um, when you're setting up a national business, obviously, and you're expanding globally, uh, each jurisdiction has its own requirements, um, own compliance requirements. Uh, so we've set up in-country experts within each of those locations um, that have developed the technology with our in-house development team uh, to ensure that when a business is uh, trying to manage its workforce, uh, it's 100% compliant in each of those locations. Rather than what we have at the moment with a lot of clients using uh, legacy software that doesn't really go across all of the service lines, um, or they're um, utilizing um, manual processes uh, sure. such as Excel and sure. using manual spreadsheets, which, you know, is in this day and age crazy. I've seen it done on paper. <laughs> yeah, absolutely, absolutely. So, so that's where we're trying to revolutionize um, the ability to drive the efficiencies uh, and the administrative processes within our clients. That's really interesting. Clearly something's really necessary. And it's called Global Mobility Hub, but you're Australasia. Is it global or is it just Australasia? No, yeah, so we've uh, got the UK office. I started up in 2011. Um, so we've been present in, um, uh, in the UK for, for almost seven years now. Right. Um, and the roadmap is to expand our operations. Uh, we want to um, thoroughly develop the concept, the technology and our service lines in the countries that we're actually within at the moment uh, and then slowly expand organically into other jurisdictions such as Europe and North America um, as we refine our technology and, and take on more global clients. Uh, okay, that sounds really interesting. So what's, when you're looking at migration, are your main customers or your main focus at the moment? British businesses looking at going to Australasia or Australasian businesses looking at getting people from um, the UK or from Europe on the assumption you don't have too many Australasian businesses uh, wanting to leave the sunshine and come here. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Well, look, we're looking at um, both ways, really. Um, so UK businesses that are looking to expand into the Australasian and Asian markets. Um, but again, um, we're also assisting and handholding companies that are going the other way as well to set up business operations in the UK, uh, to mobilise and uh, move their um, uh, skilled foreign workforce uh, between international offices. Uh, from an immigration perspective, uh, there's normally three times that we're engaged. It's either where there is a, an expansion of the business into a new jurisdiction where you've got an international office that's looking to move its workforce between international offices um, and then where there's a skill shortage in one of those locations and there is a requirement to import the foreign workers. There's been incredible skill shortages here because we have clients who work in the area of teaching and yep. health here um, that have been sort of desperately trying to import people from other countries, Absolutely. Uh, especially from Australasia. Yep. Um, but I also sense that there's an increase. 
I, I don't know what the statistics are, but it strikes me there's an increasing number of Brits who are more than anxious to look for opportunities to go there. Oh, absolutely, and I think within the industries of healthcare, I think there's a global shortage of uh, skilled and qualified workers, again with an aging population, um, and uh, I suppose uh, with uh, a population that uh, is probably ailing as more than it was in the past, and just by pure numbers, um, there is the requirement uh, to have significant numbers of health practitioners, medical practitioners, uh, nurse practitioners uh, within all of the major um, uh, Western economies. We are seeing that there is a, a net um, importation of workers, especially to Australia. I mean, it's, uh, the healthcare industry is the largest user of the temporary work programs, um, and we are seeing that there is a huge number of uh, UK. Uh, medical practitioners and nurses that are coming through. Now obviously that creates then a drain uh, in the reverse with the UK. Um, there is uh, obviously net migration, so Australian medical practitioners and nurses will go the other way, um, but by the need um, we are seeing there's the importation of uh, foreign workers from India and the Philippines um, uh, to really support uh, the healthcare sector. The ICT sector is another one. Um, across the world it's extremely buoyant. They're jobs for the right. future, uh, especially with technologies being developed to really drive those efficiencies. Uh, a lot of the repetitive administrative um, uh, uh, tasks that are undertaken within business. Um, so there's a really big push, especially in Australia, um, uh, to develop new technologies. So um, at the moment in Australia we're at about 5% unemployment which is pretty much full employment. Pretty much, um, yeah. And that 5% will really be people that are between jobs, uh, unable to work, <laughs> or not wanting to work. <laughs> um, so we are very much reliant on that foreign workforce. We, we just don't produce enough Australians at the moment. Right, I think that's a common situation in most countries. Absolutely, though. absolutely. Um, if there are people, so if there are people who don't actually, they're not actually moving their business to Australasia, yep. but they're looking for employment in Australasia. Yeah. Is that something you can help them with, or do they need to go Absolutely. through a different route? Depending on the industry, so our recruitment uh, company very much works within the resource sector, the ICT sector, uh -huh. um, and the health sector. Um, so we have strong links there to be able to assist with um, skilled candidates looking for work. We normally, from my perspective, from an immigration perspective, assist them after they've actually uh, secured that job um, to be able to facilitate the paperwork, the visas, the work permits, uh, to then uh, mobilise in country to then undertake the work. Um, recruitment companies globally are, are, are doing quite well at the moment, I think, um, especially with the needs of uh, our business. There is that skill shortage, um, and depending on the jurisdiction that you're going to be working within, would really determine whether you can actually migrate. Um, so we're looking for tradespeople in Australia, we're looking for medical practitioners, you know, skilled professionals. Um, but when you do the reverse in the UK, it's very unlikely that you're going to be able to get a, a visa outside of the, an e, being an EU national uh, for uh, any trade. Um, so it's quite interesting when you look at the different jurisdictions, what countries want um, for, from uh, their uh, foreign worker programs. Absolutely. And, um, yeah, it's an interesting space to be in. So what's the next big step for Global Mobility Hub? Yeah, absolutely. So our technology um, is going to be released to the general public uh, at the first quarter of 2019. Um, we're working with different associations at the moment um, to um, uh, introduce the technology into uh, their membership bases. 
Um, we're also going to our extensive client base, um, some of whom have already been using the technology um, and really already seen the benefits that have been uh, driven through it and the cost savings um, uh, from utilising our technology. Um, so it's all about technology next year and uh, trying to get that put through to as many clients as possible and, uh, and then that will uh, obviously drive our uh, services within those in-country uh, areas. That's great. Chris, thank you so much for taking the time to talk on our Growing Through International Expansion podcast. Thanks very much, Oliver. I hope you enjoyed listening to this conversation and this podcast. I really welcome your comments and also suggestions for future conversations. We post new content every week, so please do click on the subscribe button and follow this, the Grow Through International Expansion podcast. You can also find the transcript, other articles and detailed resources relating to this episode on our website, growinternational.org. There, you can also join as a member for future updates and find all our other articles, videos and podcasts and benefit from other features, including free consultations and independent online advice. Again, that's www.growinternational.org. Until next time, this is Oliver Dowson wishing you success and reminding you that international expansion may be easier than you may think. Mm -hmm.